July 22, 2020. It's a lot for Pedro's show.
Show. Happy Wednesday. Getting towards the end of July, maybe in the middle of summer. It's pretty bizarre. <laughs> um, we heard on Green Dolphin Street, John Coltrane with Miles Davis. And after that, Walla Tom with Blackberry Pat. Brother Matt, you know, we're in quitting quarantino mode. So Brother Matt's at the Love Grotto, the pleasure point a couple miles south of here. But I'm not totally man alone. Because of those engineers in Estonia with their Skype software invention, I got Tommy Vaughn with me. Welcome All right. Back, and, and you're talking to me from Santa Barbara? I am. Okay. Uh, what's your earliest musical recollection, Tommy? Oh, I would have to say my dad uh, playing the ukulele. Um, we used to play and sing ukulele songs, um, all the the fun ones. Uh, uh, was the eyes of blue, um, covered in pearls. Those, I would say, the times with my family, she'll be coming around the mountain. That's probably my earliest music recollection of of music and singing and, and good times. You were little, right? Where was this? This was in Reedsport, Oregon. I was very little. I would say, you know, I was probably two and three. Um, good, when Good memory. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. My family did recordings of it. So even though I don't really remember it, I've heard the recordings so oh. many times. Okay. What about, uh, so in the pad you grew up in, there was a ukulele, there was instruments. Yes, yes. There was piano. My mom played piano and my dad played ukulele. Was it ever suggested to you to do piano lessons? <laughs> Funny story. Uh, my sister, my older sister, um, she was given piano lessons and she hated it. Um, she hated piano lessons and they never thought to try it with me. Although I, I sang and put on shows and, and did all that. They never thought to, to have me have piano lessons because my mom said it was just such a pain in the ass with my sister. Um, so no, they, at an early age, I was not given any sort of musical training. But you sang along with the family. I sang along with every single Leaf Garrett song and Donny Osmond song that I could. <laughs> did, you, did you like like pound on the p piano? I did. Okay. I did. Um, I used to make recordings of songs, uh, made up songs. Again, I we we still have them, and they're super cute um, of myself. Uh, making up the most nonsense songs um, when I was four and five, and we would send those those tapes to my grandparents. <laughs> what about the ukulele? Did your pop give you a lesson? 
No, actually, my sister played ukulele and I sang along. It, uh, I, I think there must have been some sort of breakdown with that. But my, <laughs> my family said I just love to sing. I just, I just always singing. Well, voice is instrument. Absolutely, absolutely. And probably the first drums was bottoms of people's feet dancing, stomping on the ground. Exactly. What, exactly. Me, what about at school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Well, in school, I I really wasn't. I did some drama in school. Um, I remember my first talent contest at school. Uh, I was I was in the sixth grade, and I sang Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> I don't know why that choice was, but I got up in front of the whole school and sang a cappella that song. And from that day on, I knew what I wanted to do. What, what was the first record you bought for yourself? For myself, it would have had to have been Blondie, I would say. Um, I was big into Blondie, into Chrissy Hind, into Stevie Nicks, um, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, I I thought that those girls were it. Do you remember which Blondie album? What was it? I just played it the other day. I don't. I don't. I, I can okay. remember the. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. <laughs> That's the way it is on the Watt from Pedro show. I like that. Okay. Uh, what about the first gig? What was the first gig you saw? I saw Def Leppard. That was my first concert. Can you believe it? And I thought Joe Elliott was, was the best thing since sliced bread. You know what my first one was? What? T-Rex. No, and that's what I thought about Mark Bowen. I got a poster at the, you know, they didn't have merchandising, but they had bootleg guys a couple blocks away from the venue, Long Beach Auditorium. So I got a poster for two dollars. You know, it was Xerox off one of the record cover. They cut Mickey Finn out. And I put on my bulkhead. He was my first rock star. Oh, uh, you couldn't have picked a better one. I have to tell you that the slider just changed my life. That's just... the tour I saw. That's the tour I saw. Oh, I thought, and it was funny because, you know, since all this COVID stuff has gone on, I've, I have two children and we've gone back to the, the seventies and, uh, and I, all I let them do was pick out albums. And my son said the other day, he yelled out, he said, Hey mom, what about T-Rex? And I, I have to say that was probably the proudest parent moment ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Slider, I think Ringo took the cover picture of Mark Bowen. Wow. You opened it up because it was black and white. Right. So, but you opened it up and it was bright orange. And that one, because they had these album covers called Gatefold, huh? They opened up. You clean your mota, right. get the seeds out of the mota. Well, Trey, uh, ZZ Top had an album around the same time called Trace Ombres. But when you opened up their uh, cover, it was all green on the outside, some little pictures of them. And, but you opened it up, and it was a gigantic Mexican chow from this pad in Houston. And it looked so fucking good. 
<laughs> so those are my two favorite gate foils is the slider and trace albres yeah i miss the albums just the well, excitement with the, with the cds um, it was a new thing it was like a book right so everything has its own trip not much with an mp3 file though <laughs> not much at all i want to play i want to play uh that date from wall of tom huh? all right Thank you. 
show that was a uh, that day from wall of time and then few brand new record coming out i think it's called vertigo ko like knockout you know and uh, all that vertigo guided by voice the voices last year <laughs> bob pollard's put out you know three albums one of them double <laughs> this guy's incredible mother's milk elementary wild rats stuff i did with ronnie in the 1997, Thirst, Don Fleming, Steve Shelley. Pat Smear from The Germs with his second solo record, a tune called Cold Town. Incredible musician. Cat, Pat Smear. Thorn Friends after that. No, no. Team Dresh got a brand new record. Seven. Uh, they're Portland, Oregon. And uh, I met Donna Dresch when she was doing bass for uh, Screaming Trees. And th- she was just getting this band going. That, that must have been, I don't know, 30-something years. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Wall of Tom with Cherish Every Moment. So what about the thing where after school, the, the bedroom band or the basement band, garage band, you know, with friends from school, did you do that? Um, I did that later on in life, actually, I say later on in life, but in my early, early 20s, um, I had my first garage band, and I loved every stinking moment of it, really, we, we just went in this tiny rehearsal spot, and we sucked really bad. Um, I'm curious, did you start writing songs, or did you first try to copy stuff off records? You know what? I've always been kind of a songwriter. Yeah, yeah. I 
I really just started started with melodies and and would uh, kind of tinker around with the piano and come up with the song and then take it to the band and and then we kind of shot it from there. Uh, you said piano, so you eventually learned how to play on your own. Yes, on my own. I just I taught myself and then I I had some friends help me learn guitar. Um, I'm not the best, but I can sure as hell write a song. Um, so yeah, it, it just became a, a passion for myself to, to know as much as I could. I'm curious, did you get like a four track or something? Did you start making your own like sound on sound? Yes, I did. Um, I started with one of those just cassette players, you know, play record and, yeah. and you, you start that way. That's that was the way I started. I'm kind of an old broad, so I uh, I definitely had had dinosaur uh, recordings. <laughs> <laughs> but then you would bring them to this practice pad. What, did this band have a name? Uh, we were called Eden Park. Okay. Uh, uh, how many and pieces? How many pieces? I'm curious. It was a four piece. Um, and, uh, uh, we just, we just had a ball. We played a few shows. It was in San Diego, real, um, real beachy type sound, I want to say, um, uh, but still rocking. There's always that underlying, uh, devil yell that I've got to give sometimes, but, uh, it was, it was good stuff. And it really was, I want to say rudimentary because we were just beginning. Um, everybody but, in the band, it was their first band. Yes. Everyone in the band, it was their first band. Some, uh, our drummer had just learned how to play drums a couple of years before that. Um, yeah. And, and I'm still friends with those guys. It's, it's, it's a funny thing when you when you become a band and and you go through that together. It's it really bonds you. Now you would make cassettes, dinosaur yeah. cassettes, and you'd bring them to the the prac pad. And you guys would work them out, and we'd work them out. And then I do believe we went we went into a studio in San Diego, and we did record. Um, some music there that we, we paid for, you know, to go into the studio. Um, but uh, I have no idea where those recordings are, actually. I think our, our guitarist might have those. What about, you, you said you did some gigs. What was the first one like? Oh, horrible. It was a backyard uh, party for for some friends. And uh, I I think that it was, it had some good moments, but I think that there was some shit too. <laughs> What's well, your first one, right? I mean, Absolutely, and you know you can't help but have a good time. Were you scared? Uh, of course. Yeah. I think always that moment right before you start that that you feel that fear, but then yeah. uh, two songs in, you're you never want to get off that stage. They got to bring out the hook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was in a backyard, so maybe that was a little calmer. Yeah, it was It was definitely a lot calmer. But, you know, our friends seemed to enjoy the heck out of it. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you had to break the water. You had to get going. How, how long did the band last? We lasted, gosh, I think about maybe a year before I moved to Hollywood shortly after that. From San Diego to Hollywood. Yes. And I <laughs> I kind of knew I was going to do it, but uh -oh. <laughs> I, I didn't know when. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a jump. A little bit of a jump. A it was, jump. Well, yeah, because I grew up in a small town in Oregon. Right. And, and uh, so that from <laughs> from one to the other, that is a whole but, different world. But those, yeah, but those guys stayed in San Diego. You were the only one to go to Hollywood? Yes, yes. And it was just, uh, I was with a boy and he was moving and I was moving. And that's why we. I, I ended up there. But then I was by myself. Uh, got there we broke up and i moved to el cerrito and franklin and my whole life changed i started working for cherokee recording studios oh man i've, I've recorded my ball hogger tugboat record there oh so you know the rob brothers you yeah know. exactly in fact they were living on a houseboat in pedro they told me Absolutely, absolutely. Susan Donaldson and uh, and D were on a houseboat. Now we're talking twenty five. This was like nineteen ninety five, twenty five years ago. Uh, uh, Fairfax and Melrose. Fairfax and Melrose, uh, exact corner, right? Yeah, that uh, was my first job in Hollywood. Wow. I was there for about two and a half years. Did you join a Hollywood band though? I did. I, I actually kind of created a band. Um, I'm sure that, that you're friends with Mr. Rollins. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, Henry used to come into the studio often, and he was, he still is, he's an amazing mentor for me. Yeah. Uh, just inspired me. He's a writer. He's, he's you know, Mr revolutionary with everything that he does um he let me borrow his backing band mother superior oh yeah from i remember those cats you know what yeah. he just sent me a couple days ago what the funhouse stooges vinyl box you know every take of that funhouse session and vinyl it's a huge box oh, it's like 20 pounds oh my gosh that's so cool yeah, that's so is. cool great cat uh, so yeah, that was my first show at the Dragonfly. Oh yeah, um, okay. I know. I remember the Dragonfly. Yeah, and uh, and we recorded a, a couple songs at Cherokee, and kind of from there, um, Jason McGrath yeah. introduced me to my drummer, the same drummer that I still have to this day, Kareem Williams, because um, they were going off on the road with Henry. Yep. And Kareem joined, and we had another uh, guy at Cherokee, um, Ben, that uh, joined the band, and we started rocking from there. What'd you call uh, this band, Tommy? It was Wall of Tom. Oh, it was. Okay, so this is the... I was going to ask you at the beginning of the next hour, how did Wall of Tom happen? Now, okay, so actually, Wall of Tom is your second band? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's great. That's so great. You know, you didn't go through all this stuff. You just, you, you know, you plant your feet and you just plowed. I really did. And I just, 
I, I have to say a lot of people say Hollywood is such a scary place, but I, I met the most wonderful people and had such a great experience with it all. Um, I just think musicians are kind of the coolest people that there are. And we're all the same in our hearts. We're all, we all do it for the same, hopefully the same reasons because we have to. And, and, uh, I really think that that I aligned myself at that time. Cherokee was my music university. I learned so much there. Yeah, and you also learned by doing. Absolutely, absolutely. I got to sit in on some of the greatest sessions and learn from from some of the most amazing musicians. Um, I just I just kept my nose to the grindstone and and learned everything that I could. You know, what's great about Hank is his work ethic. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's oh. really intense. I See, remember it, Minutemen uh, playing with Black Flag a few gigs on the, it was the Loose Nut Tour. And before they'd go on stage, Hank could have a cue ball, you know, pool, and just yeah. squeezing that. <laughs> you could tell all his focus. Like, you know, if he could, he would have crushed that ball, but he could, you know, he wasn't that strong, yeah. but it yeah. was just the idea of it. I'm going to do this because I got to get ready. Yeah. Because he's one of yeah. the most amazing people I've ever had the fortune to meet. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. He had a big, yeah. big effect on me. I'm thinking about it coming on 40 years. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, it's been, it's been 20 for me. Yeah. Isn't that true? Look, we're at the end of the first hour. July 22nd, 2020 edition of Peter Show, special guest Tommy Vaughn. Hold tight for hour two. July 22nd, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Walk away so easy Who could you be The taken and the choosing And I'm feeling all alone Cause there's no
it to the next man Be patient, queue up and wait your turn You got tension, we'll plow it back in your work So each object represents a chunk of thirst Compacted, gorgeously filleted But then again, man, maybe you just need to get laid But not you, brother I'm a thief.
spend your whole life wondering how you spend your whole life waiting you spend your whole life looking around you spend your whole life in search until now from Pedro Show, start off the second hour with Empty Halls. I was just talking with Tommy about um, our, our kind of slang, Pedro slang for Empty Halls. We call them character builders. Ooh. In fact, Hank, in my track pad, hallway do it, somebody put up a Xerox of something he wrote about, if you can't play those kind of gigs, you shouldn't get to play the other kind of gigs either. Damn right. <laughs> okay, yeah. so em- empty halls with Wall of Tom. Then uh, Damon Smith after that with three clouds and these few words. So we'll stand up. An added version of Under the Stall Door. Emption. Uh, that came from the Grux. Chris Butler with Thief. Digging Up My Date by the Blood Drained Cows. That's got Greg Turner. Thank you, Simone. He's teaching calculus out in New Mexico. He's and finally, Wall of Tom with Inside This Dream. So, Wall of Tom, tell me about the first Wall of Tom gig. I do believe the first Wall of Tom gig was, um, did I, I think the, the first one would have been the backing band of Mother Superior. I do believe I built myself then as Wall of Tom. Um but I would say our first Wall of Tom official show with with the lineup uh, that was the solid lineup um, for quite some time was the Viper Room, and uh, it was it was I, I have no idea what night of the week, but it was a great show, and I just remember the sound, how good the sound was at the Viper Room that you could you could hear everything and you didn't have to push you you didn't it just it was all right there right in front of you and uh i mean this is this is the band you put together right so yeah the mother superiors but same idea though you probably taught them your songs right absolutely they came in they learned the songs kareem iams um and Tony Grimes had joined the band by then and he's still in the band. Um our bass player, uh Daniel Seif, um and uh all of us we just we had a time. We we had a definitely a, a time together. We enjoyed the hell out of it. What about tour? Did you guys tour? 
We did. Just really mostly California, San Francisco, uh, San Diego. We didn't really go too far. We kind of did the circle. It was it was a, a small circle, I guess, but tons of Hollywood shows. You're talking like an I-5 tour. Yes, I like that. I-5 tour. Okay, yeah. Stay in the state, same time zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... And uh, what, what, that was your first time touring, right? Yes. What'd you think? Yes. I wished I could stay on the road forever. I, I, I think that uh, I think that if I was born in another time, I would have been born in the seventies, and I would have just kept going. Because <laughs> you hear a lot of people bum about touring, right? Yeah, you know, I I think that there's definitely some ups and downs about it. That that it. It is a lot of work, but at the same time, I think that when you get the opportunity to to get out there and do what you really love, I think that, especially now in these times, um, <laughs> where, you where, <laughs> where you can't, where where you think about, oh my God, will I ever do that again? Um, it really makes you appreciate it. Yeah, I agree with you. I want to play uh, somewhere.
salvation of Morgan because it lies from my teenage room. Bye. Oh.
United States. We want to play, 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 and we know we have to pay, pay, pay. I never took a helping hand. I always thought I'd understand. Playing the grave at night and dawn. I never thought that I was wrong. Always talking back and forth. Through the window, deep in thought. I couldn't speak till I had to wait. I thought I was smiling, but I was strange. A dark cloud journey all night long. I thought it was real, but I was gone.
Pete, what you gonna do for us? Uh, this is called Eyes Eyes, which is self-explanatory. I'm still in tune after banging the. Yeah. Protein monster. Ate a sack of poison sugar. Crawling out of the barn to the weeds to die. Rolling his eyes. 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 Mama molasses. Broke my glasses and the moon came up and we wiggled our asses. She's got red eyes. Eyes, eyes. The werewolf rides, and everybody hides. He won't be scared when he dies. Look in his eyes, eyes, eyes. Marilyn Monroe. Toe, crawling out of the pool from the water so cool Camera flashes flashing back from her eyes 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 Lawrence Ferlinghetti Eating spaghetti with long tall Sally and Salvador Dali 20th century eyes, eyes, eyes. Smokey the bear standing there in front of a woods all black and bare, tears in his eyes, eyes, eyes. And she calls me a bum Sleeping through the day There was nothing I wanted to say I closed my eyes 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 Nice tune. Thank you. I, don't, I won't ask the title of that because I think I know it, but I'm probably wrong. Yeah, okay. the next one I get is about eyes, too, and we don't want to get redundant. Is that digital? Yeah.
for Pedro Show. Uh, you just heard Inside Wallatana. Before that, Peter Lochner with Eyes. eyes. Mountain Offensive. That's Brother Philip and Big Bear one of these days. Uh, I think it's the first song on metal, Pink Floyd album, but his uh, interpretation. Magnet Hearts with I Was Gone. Good backbiter. Uh, Black Moon Tape with The Salvation of Morgane. Nomad Eel Records. And start off with Somewhere, Walla Tom. So, you know these records we're hearing in Walla Tom? Mm-hmm. Where were they done? Are these, is this what you were talking about, Cherokee, the recording? Uh, actually, Somewhere was recorded uh, at a few different studios, but Somewhere, uh, our Dreamland, not Dreamland, was recorded um, at Elephant Symphony Studios at the Women's Center in Hollywood. We set up live wow. and wow. in my bathroom in El Cerrito, we recorded all the vocals and sitting on the toilet um, <laughs> for that album. For the album eight, we yeah. recorded that at uh, ESI um, in Burbank. Yeah. And uh, for um, Universal Attraction, I do believe... Um, we we recorded Universal Attraction at ESI and then also at home um, in our our rehearsal spot that we had. And then The Lovers, we recorded, um, gosh, in the Valley. Oh, gosh, it was over by Mate's studio. I don't think it exists anymore. That happened. Uh, and... Home. Again, we recorded. Um, we had a studio in our garage in Burbank. So, so a lot of you record self-produced, or do you work with producer? Mostly self-produced, yeah. I would say. Um, mostly self-produced. Uh, my guitarist is also a sound engineer, so he was he recorded everything. Um, and, uh, just recently I've been able to start working with Toby Wright. Um, and that's just been a thrill, um, to have a mind like that, um, to work with when you're producing an album. Yeah. Yeah. Cause producers got to have the big picture, right? Absolutely. So you got Absolutely. a man, especially a guy in the band, the guitar man working the knobs then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know we were we're an indie band. We've been an indie band since the beginning, and and uh, we just try to do everything from the heart. Now you know when you say indie band, that's kind of the way you you operate, like Econo, right? It's not yeah. really a sound. <laughs> I hear people yeah. say it like indie yeah. band is like a sound. <laughs> to me, it's the same thing like oh, a punk band. Whereas everybody can have their own sounds, you can be part of movements without like all sounding the same. Exactly. <laughs> like, what does indie sound like? Like one guy's just playing? <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't make any sense. I guess no. it's a DIY type attitude. Right. Now, and what does that sound like? Well, that sounds like whoever's playing, right? Is there exactly. real, uh, really a DIY sound? 
Not at all. Not at all. Hopefully not, because, you know, those are those are the recordings that I remember from childhood. Those are the biggest DIY (laughs) recordings. So I'm getting at Tommy a little bit is uh, it's stretching it to try to like maybe you don't feel brave enough. You got to like create a brown or a brand or a, a trend of like rally around. It just can't be music. Like, what's your opinion of genres? Uh, Labels, they, uh, tags. Yeah, they've always wanted to put us in a box, I think, um, musically. Uh, what is Wall of Tom? Where, what does it mean? And, and what kind of sound is it? Everybody wants to to make us something else, basically. Um but really, our our sound was just what we were feeling at that time. It was, it was, it reflects, you know, our moods, our lives, the things that we were dealing with. So I think that that trying to make a genre or trying to put yourself within a, a box has always been something that that has been tough for me because even I can't I can't do that with our music. I, I can empathize with you big time. I think it's trying to get some kind of shortcut on the truth, man. You got to listen to it. <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of tag is stamped on it. It's true. Hey, did I? I didn't mention. I know. I uh, I was actually at Coachella in two thousand three um, when you played with the Stooges. Oh, yeah. That was the first one. I was shitting a pecan log. We're at the end of the second hour, July 22nd, 2020. Special guest Tommy Vaughn, hold tight for hour three. July 22, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Shelter 
Take two, never see it live, but we're gonna do it right now.
lot for Pedro Show. We start off the third hour with Walla Tom doing Tornado. And then Crane. I think this is him with the late great Richard Barrett, Kangaroo Court doing Confrontational Ways. And then him with John Rocknowski, Crane, John Rocknowski, Dirk Vandenberg. What's the tape? Wasted space. Well, brand new from wire lines, blind, and then drive through fire. Wall of Tom. Now, you like to write too, right, Tommy? I do. I do. I I kind of have a couple books out there. So how does one uh, form of expression inform the other one? Well, I think that, that I may have cheated a bit because I wrote my novels. Um, I wrote my trilogy actually on rock and roll. And, uh, and I, I had the behind the scenes kind of look um, as an artist. So I, I just, I wrote about what I loved and what I knew. And, and that was, was rock and roll. Now, did you take writing classes in school? I I did. I've always been um, quite a writer. I enjoyed all my creative writing classes. I I uh, wrote quite a few short stories. Um, but I, I I've been a songwriter, and I always feel like songs are just small stories. Um, at least the way that I write songs. Um, and, uh, and so my books are just an extended song, um, that goes on for three books, but, uh, the last one, this rock and roll dream just came out a couple months ago and, uh, it just feels, it just feels right, especially now with with the times and everything to read about live music and, and read about what it's like to be in a band and, and have these experiences. I think that it's something that a lot of people will enjoy. With your writing, do you use an editor? I do. I do. I have a a publisher and an editor and um, thankfully because I'm a horrible, horrible speller. Oh, so there's just mistake. It's not like you write too much. No, no, and I'm I really thankfully they they do not creatively change anything. It's just more you know punctuation and spelling and make sure those things are are proper. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I got asked, uh, was it Decapo? The head, right? Yeah, but there's a publishing company, and hey, what? We'd like to do a book on you, but it, as told to, because you don't really write. You 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 do poetry. <laughs> it's like, it's, hey, never mind. Poet- go, go to the Hoot page. It's, I'm already published. <laughs> Anything on the internet. Right? <laughs> Look, I want to play uh, Blood or Wine.
Thank you. 
in Iraq. Type your coat's genitals or be killed. Shepherds in the rural western Baghdad neighborhood of Kazalia have recently been murdered for failing to diaper their goats because the exposed genitals of goats may cause impure thoughts. It may cause impure thoughts. music for this edition, Blood or Wine from Waller Tom. Tommy says uh, it's a metaphor for music. <laughs> uh, Galaxy. This is Raquel and Jordan out in uh, is it Jordan? What's his name? There are these two cats that live out in Joshua Tree and during this uh, situation for the last four months, they've done eight albums. <laughs> Wow. Anybody complain about being bored, right? <laughs> you can make yeah. some music. Yeah, and this one was, uh, side one is called Heaven Channel Season 1, 
LP6 side B, Galextasy. And uh, great cats, very inventive. And finally, Diaper or Death. <laughs> See, I, I thought those were good b- bookends, you know. It's either Blood or Wine, or it's Diaper or Death. <laughs> I kind of like Diaper or Death as the well, bookend. Well, why don't you t- are you somebody who likes to talk about your songs? Or are you like, hey, that's why I wrote the songs. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, no. I'll always talk about it. I I hey, love talking two. about the songs. <laughs> And you might want to know about Diaper or Death. Well, both of them. Both of them. Um, Well, let's do uh, Diaper or Death first, because that one uh, really came from uh, a happenstance. Um, My drummer walked into rehearsal one day, and he looked really troubled. and, And we said, hey, what's up, Kareem? And he said, oh, God, I just heard this horrible thing on NPR and he started telling us all about these uh, farmers that were being murdered if they didn't diaper their goats Um, and uh, (laughs) we pulled up the report and it just became this full together song from beginning to end and we had hit record in the in the studio and we had the most insane, fun song in a matter of minutes um, that really just came from an actual NPR report. Now, why the two-minute gap, or that gap, piece of silence? Well, that was, uh, there was a secret song on the end of that. I was actually supposed to tell you about that, and oh, I, I forgot. Th- I thought uh, that was part of the song. Yeah, there's there was a secret song because we had we had went into the studio and we had eight songs and we called the album eight. And and uh, then when we were in the studio, we came up with this this acoustic song and our our bass player, Daniel Seif, said, ah, just put it on the end. Nope. If if anybody cares to listen that long, then they'll get a, a thrill. But but so we never really told anybody that there was a song on the end of that album so so what's it what's the name of that second song <laughs> did you listen to it yeah well i got it yeah we just uh, heard it i i kept the two minute gap in there i thought oh, that was did. on purpose so you actually, i didn't know did you play that song yeah that's what didn't you just hear me i i, I read the playlist to the people the listeners oh uh, oh my God! And now you tell me now my brain just just lost me because because I can't think anymore because we're in a pandemic and I don't talk to people. Um, we can't see face. Well, you know, I get these songs. I get eleven songs and I put them on the in the show and stuff. And I don't know that one's actually two songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm in trouble. Is that oh, what yeah, you're no, saying? No, you ain't in trouble. In fact, uh, <laughs> you're being the enlightener. You're, uh, you know, helping me learn about this. Okay, so it's actually two songs. So Diaper of Death was the, well, we start off with Blood and Wine, then we heard the Galextasy piece, and then Diaper of Death, but then you're saying there's an ex, uh, another song, uh, The Bass Man. Yes, and yes. What's, what's that um, called? I think it's So Many Years. So Many Years. Okay. Let me write that yeah. Down. <laughs> okay. So. The, and then Blood or Wine. Blood or Wine, I think you had asked about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Blood or wine. Um, I like wine. I like wine a lot. Um, and blood or wine really was, I was in a dark mood. I love to write moody songs. Um, it was probably boy induced. Um, but I, my wine took over and I thought, you know, it, it could be blood that I was drinking, but it's wine. It just, it, 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 it creates music for me. And at that time. And that's where Blood or Wine came from. Uh, in the process, what comes first? The words, the music, the title? It depends, actually. Okay. Okay. Um, sometimes it's a melody. A lot of times, uh, uh, dreams. I've had a dream, and I can hear the song in its entirety. Um, and I wake up, and I'll write things down. Um, sometimes it's words. I do. I write a lot of poetry. Um, and sometimes poetry will spawn a song. Um, there'll be just one line that, that you go, Oh, that's a song right there. Um, and, uh, the song somewhere that you played actually came from poetry and, uh, and yeah, it, it just, I think it just comes as long as you're listening. Where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at wallofTom.com. For the music, they can find out everything you need to know on TommyV.com. Yeah, we got to uh, spell that, though. T-O-M-M-I-E-V.com, people. Correct. Like Tommy Vaughn. You can find all three of my novels on, um, I think, either of those sites. But I know for sure you can find them on Amazon. Safe, secure, fast, to your door. Um, and, uh, the, the books are this rock in my heart, this role in my soul and the end to the trilogy that just came out is this rock and roll dream. That's great. What kind of, you know, young person you meet hypothetically, Okay. boy, girl, whatever, but they want to get in the music racket. What's your advice? Cause you, you know, you got a little bit of experience. I definitely would say to to band together with with some like-minded souls. I I definitely believe that just writing as much music as you possibly can is is the best thing. Listen to yourself, be true to yourself. Uh do what makes you happy. Write music that makes you happy. Um, cause that's the only person that you can ever please is, is yourself. Now, is that kind uh, of advice different than you give to someone who want to get in the writing racket? I, I know nothing about writing books. I just wrote three of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> truth. I have people that say that, oh, I'd love to write a book. And I said, well, just start writing, you know, um, it, it really is. You don't talk about it. You just do it. It's if you have something inside of you that needs to get out, you got to let it out. You got to open that door. That that's good advice, really, for both both, both forms of expression. For both, Tommy, for both. it's been a big honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's you been absolute, oh, my bass player wants me to tell you that Brave Captain changed his life. <laughs> That was a hard period for me. <laughs> it was a hard uh -huh. part of my life. 
I got it from some movie, a lifeboat. And some drunk actress keeps calling the radio guy who's got to take over or something. Brave captain, because, you know, it was, it was a bad situation. Uh, oh. any, anyway, you get another record, another book. Will you come back on the show? We can talk. I would love to. Okay, Tally. People, it's been July 22, 2020 edition of Wapito Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>